Explore Milwaukee's past and its future, one building at a time. This is Urban Spelunking with On Milwaukee's Bobby Tanzillo and me, Nate Immig, from 88.9. Well, this week, Bobby, we're going to the Haymarket neighborhood. This is on Knapp and MLK Drive, and it's actually called the Commerce Street, formerly the Commerce Street Power Plant, and it's not actually on Commerce Street, so we're going to talk about that. It's the current home of the Spectrum headquarters. Yes, so there's Charter a Charter Communications. Right. Charter Communications. There's a TV station in there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, big, big operation. A lot of, lot of employees and a big, big building, of course. Yeah. Since this used to be a power plant. Yeah. So this is an example of adaptive reuse, which is true of a lot of the buildings mm-hmm. we write about. But this was these two huge buildings that were a power plant that sat empty then for about 12 years after it closed and before charter moved in because these giant buildings that are full of dynamos and all sorts of equipment and basically have no interior floors what do you do with them right they're expensive but um it worked out perfectly because the company which was previously time warner cable had been in schlitz park just to the north and needed a giant new home and so um, they managed to be convinced or convince themselves that, that this huge space would be able to be a great office. And it, it's worked out for them. Yeah, you need a lot of space for a TV station, obviously, and for everything else they're doing there. But um, just to, you know, for studio space and for loading in of equipment and things like that, having that open floor plan probably helped a little. Well, yeah, and they have loads of like they have like sales forces there, who you know, like customer service departments or they like call centers and things. So they have floors that are just like full of cubicles, like big open spaces that are full of cubicles for these people who work in these different kinds of call centers too. A lot of employees too, right? Yeah. Loads of people working in there. Hundreds. Wow. So this building has some of those architectural hints of the uh, the past. We're going to talk more about the history, of course, and the history of how the business transformed. But just architecturally speaking, when you go in there, you see this incredibly big skylight that opens the building up, brings in tons of light and speaks to that kind of former life. Yeah, it really does. I mean, when you go into these old factory buildings or like these kind of power plant buildings, they had these huge skylights that ran the whole way because they provided important daylight. These were built in 1903. So right. there was obviously there's electricity because that's what they were making there. But they still wanted to take advantage of the natural light during the day. And yeah, so when you're in the top floor, in that fourth floor, it's just completely lit by the by the skylight, which is amazing. And then it's open in the center. So the third floor gets all that light as well, too. It's a really good use of that space. And makes for a pretty good background for video calls from the staff. <laughs> there was a quote in your story about like people think it's a fake background, but it's actually the real building. Yeah, because when on you're a Zoom inside, call. right, there's beautiful, <laughs> like if you look at the photos in the story, at the top floor has these beautiful arched windows. And those are some people's offices and their conference rooms and stuff. So when you're sitting in there, it's exposed. On the in- the outside of the building is red brick, but the interior there's cream city brick. So sometimes you go in some of these spaces and they're really beautiful. We're going to continue our tour next on Urban Spelunking and of course talk about the past. I mean, this goes back to 1903 and was connected to Milwaukee Electric Rail and Light Company. So tons of Milwaukee history in our extended conversation next on Urban Spelunking. Hey, Wisconsin foodies. This is Tariq Moody of Radio Milwaukee. Join Milwaukee Magazine's food writer Ann Christensen and myself every Friday morning at 8 a.m. for This Bites, Milwaukee's longest-running culinary podcast. We talk about everything from new restaurants, pop-ups, cookbooks, events, and even an occasional interview with a local chef. Head over to RadioMilwaukee.org slash This Bites or listen 
anywhere you get your podcasts. All right, we are at Nap and MLK at the former Commerce Street power plant. Let's get into that. Let's address this Commerce Street thing right. first. The build or the uh, the street dead ends there yeah. or near there, so it's it was never really on Commerce Street. Is that right? Well, it was originally on Commerce Street because Commerce Street, which is the remainder of Kilbourne's canal that he was project that he was going to, you know, he had this grand vision to build a canal that would connect the Great Lakes to the Mississippi River, and he only built a section of it. But then it ended up not really working out, so they filled it in and that became Commerce Street. And Commerce Street starts kind of near Humboldt and runs, now it sort of dead ends at uh, the north end of Schlitz Park, you know, kind of right behind that Fresh Time store. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, But it used to continue through the Schlitz Park parking lot south all the way to uh, past this building to Knapp Street. Okay. So So that's how it got the Commerce Street name. Yeah, so it was on Commerce Street when it was built. And it was built in 1903. Of course, this was uh, generating electricity as one of the primary or the primary um, ele- yeah. electrical plant. Yeah. So there was um, a previous company had built the Badger Illuminating Company had built a, a power plant there, which burnt coal to make electricity. And then TMERL bought it, built this much bigger plant, which also burned coal for many years. And that's what it did, generating electricity um, and a ton of electricity until 1969 when they built the Menominee Valley power plant, which is still operating, was recently converted to natural gas instead of coal. So it burns cleaner. It was a much more modern facility. So the Commerce Street plant was put on standby, which meant it was just fired up when they needed it. Do we have any other coal power plants in the area right now, like in Milwaukee? I don't think we do because the lakes, the one at um, Oak Creek was converted even before the Valley power plant. And then the lakeside, which was the other old one, that kind of around a similar time as this Commerce Street one was torn down many, many years ago and along the lake in St. Francis where they built and they built all sorts of apartments there. I'd imagine having a coal burning power plant right in the middle of downtown, essentially, or in the Haymarket neighborhood. That must have been pretty, uh, pretty dirty, <laughs> dirty well, burning, we're, right? We're I probably mean, experienced that right now. We're recording this as uh, as outside the studio is sort of hazed up from the Canadian wildfires. Yes. It's probably a, a reminder of what the quote unquote Good old days used to be like, right? When, well, when there <laughs> yeah, were no e- when there were no yeah. EPA restrictions and the city was full of factories and coal burning plants and you know these businesses were just expelling whatever into the air. Yeah, and into the river too, right? And like the, the tanneries. River, and and then, right, right. I'm just thinking of like what what a you know what a day in the life would have been like in 1903 with this. Right, this. and horses mostly for transportation. You know, you read any books about um, ur- horses in urban centers and people would leave de- dead horses in the street. Oh, wow. And, you know, and the horse poop would be everywhere. <laughs> it's just the good old days were not always the good old days <laughs> ah, the in every days. way, right? So this um, became kind of the backup electric power plant at, after some time, right? It, yeah, It was yeah. kind of put on standby? Yeah, so after 69 when the Valley Power Plant opened, it became just sort of a backup plant. And then in 1988, it ended up closing completely. And then it just sat until 1991. I'm sorry, 1999 is when um, Time Warner, I think, sort of set their sights on it. And then it took a few years to, in my story, there's tons of pictures of what it looked like before. So you can see the kind of transformation it underwent. Um, But it took two years for that transformation. They ended up moving in and 2001. Okay. Did they have to change the building a lot then? Uh, well, the interior, there were no floors, so they had to build floors. So they needed floors. Yeah, they needed <laughs> right. elevators. They needed yep, yep. like an HVAC system. They needed, you know, 
all of that kind of stuff you would have in an office building that wasn't there. If you look at the old, old photos, it's, it's literally just an empty, mostly empty shell, probably very dirty from having burned coal. Yeah, and I'd then there imagine. were some just like structures inside that had to go like the big concrete pads that held the the dynamos and the generators and all that stuff. And all of that equipment had to be taken out. So it was, I'm sure it was a pretty big job. Cleaning it up and getting it ready. I, 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 I wonder if there was talk of, might it be even just easier to tear it down, you know? Oh yeah. I'm sure there was discussion of that. Um, it's on the national register. So it was, it was probably oh, a little more challenging to do that. And it's a beautiful build. I mean, on the exterior, it's a beautiful building. Yeah, you what know, makes it special architecturally? Um, it's just got this really nice Romanesque revival architecture with these beautiful arched windows. And on the north side of the building, there's three really big arched windows that run like three stories. Really just beautiful red brick building. And Very architect cool. designed, you know, it wasn't just designed by like an engineer or like something. It was Her Herman Esser, who was a Milwaukee architect, well-known Milwaukee architect, designed it. And back in like the early 1900s, these utilitarian buildings were still built with a bit more beauty, weren't they? Yeah, right. I mean, this, you know, it's just basically a shed for burning coal and turning generators, right? But they still made an effort to make it look beautiful with these beautiful arched details and these different like courses of brick outside that are decorative. And it's a really nice building. I'm glad they didn't take it down. Yeah, it's interesting to think about about a building like that that's right in downtown and then there's probably still I'm sure the list is getting shorter and shorter these days but just a totally vacant building that had been sitting there for a long time yeah. you know with all this potential I'm mean, vacant from 1998 you said until 2001 88. or 88 wow yeah. okay yeah yeah um are we seeing more of these buildings being snatched up and uh, yeah I think so I mean I feel like there are like you said there's fewer and fewer of them because they, as they get picked up and turned into, you know, new uses, often apartments. Mm -hmm. Adaptive reuse, was it? Adaptive reuse. Adaptive yeah. reuse. All right. Yeah. Anything else we should mention about the building? Um, oh, you know, I would say what's really nice is that on the on the entrance, outside the building and inside the building, it's interesting, there's two plaques that basically say sort of the same thing, talking about what the history of the building is and like sort of a tribute to the people who worked there, which I think is really nice. I think the one that's on the inside now looks really weathered and old. So I think maybe that used to be outside and they replaced it with the one that's out there now. But I love that they did that. They could have just sort of converted the building, put up a charter sign outside and <laughs> been done with it. But they made an effort to, to say what happened here and sort of pay tribute to the people who worked there. Well, as always, some really incredible pictures, past and present. I love I love when you find these archive photos that show you, you know, what it looked like back in the day. And you can close your eyes and visualize it and then uh, see how it looks now and, and get that kind of mental side by side, which I love. Uh, plus more from your tour. I mean, you could see inside of uh, their TV studio and the beautiful Zoom backdrop we mentioned earlier. Excellent photos in the story, as always. And you can find a link in the description box of the player you're using to listen to us right now. Podcasts here on 88.9 are edited by Kiri Salinas. And take a moment to rate and review the podcast. We'd love to hear your feedback. And as always, go to onmilwaukee.com for even more photos and history.